So we want to chime in on this conversation that's been happening in Christian circles. You probably have heard of like uh, different celebrities or some of your favorite Christian artists going through the process of deconstructing their faith. Yeah. And we don't want to trivialize this process. We know that there's been pain and anguish that um, people go through when they purpose themselves to figure out this whole faith thing and they start deconstructing whatever faith they have. Yeah. And, and really, we just want to kind of chime in and and shed some light on this theme because it goes a lot deeper. As many of you could have probably experienced, it goes deeper than simply walking away from the church. That's right. So let's jump on into it. All right. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today we are talking part one of deconstructing Faith. I don't know if I, I didn't know if I put it. I didn't know if I put your or the, the or in. a. Uh, but before we jump into that, we just want to say, uh, give a huge shout out to our inner circle. Yes. Inner circle, what's up? Thank you guys for uh, rocking with us. If you want to know more about the inner circle, stick around. We'll talk about it at the end. Yes. So first, we got to define. We have to start with a definition because define if you your don't terms. start with the definition, you have no idea where you're going. So what deconstruction? What did it? What did it? What deconstruction is? <laughs> Um, the definition <laughs> that we sorry. found sorry, is a method of critical analysis of philosophical and literary language, which emphasizes the mm-hmm. internal workings of language and conceptual systems, the relational quality of meaning, and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. So that's a lot that's, of big words. Yeah, that's a lot a of big words for a big word. To basically, what, it. what I'm getting from that definition is uh, deconstruction is taking apart some complex thought. And then comparing the parts to each mm-hmm, other, mm-hmm. Um, generally in philosophy or liter- literature, lit- yeah. literary literature. Yeah. But that's not how it's commonly used. No, that's it's not, not. It's not this um, abstract, um, high brow concept. Like deconstruction, the way that it's been used in culture nowadays, uh, specifically with um, focus on the faith, is tearing it apart um, and then picking out the pieces that that you like, like well, or, only keeping what you want. Yeah. Or it's tearing it apart with the intent of proving it wrong. Yeah. Deconstruction in a way that's like, I'm going to, I'm going to expose what this really is. I'm going to pull back the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. And to deconstruct it. I feel like it, uh, it comes from a place in the way it's been pre- uh, presented in a lot of media. It comes from a place of, I used to believe this, but mm-hmm. I'm deconstructing all of my belief. Mm-hmm. What I used to believe I'm tearing it apart and I'm questioning everything. And so we came up with, there's some problems with this whole deconstruction thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to start today with a personal problem because it sounds like a it's you a personal problem. problem. <laughs> it's a you thing. Sounds like uh, a personal um, problem. Or it could also be one, one way to look at it is it's the complexity problem. Yes. And people, yes. we as human beings are incredibly complex. Come on now. We have emotions. We have, I mean, just think about yourself. Just think about today. All of the things you've gone through, the thoughts you've had, mm-hmm. the decisions you've made, how you've gone back on decisions you were going to make, or maybe you had to change plans. There's complexity to the human experience. And I think that this trend um, that we have right now in our culture, because we are so conditioned to have instant gratification. Yes. We are so like, it's, it's expected for us to want an instant response. We mm-hmm. click a button, 
we touch the screen, it should come on. If it doesn't, something's wrong. Um, and just, so, just today, our son was freaking out because the TV didn't come because on. Because Disney Plus wasn't instant. working. What's in wrong the, with your Disney Plus? It was the Roku. Moment, it was it, the Roku. Yeah, but still, it was that one moment. He didn't want to wait the, the one moment to be yeah. like, Whoa. It was like 30 seconds. And I was like, oh my goodness, like looking at this small child and mm-hmm. seeing how impatient and how frustrated he was and his world was crumbling for a moment. <laughs> but then as soon as it was working. It's fine. But there's a complexity problem. That's a personal problem. And we actually, in that moment, I was like, you need to calm down because yeah. this, there's no reason this should be affecting you that much. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I think the, going back to the instant gratification culture, mm-hmm. one of the things that we're conditioned to expect is easy answers. Yep. Um, I mean, even I remember seeing a, a, a meme of somebody saying like, we shouldn't go hunting. We should go get food humanely at the grocery store when no one's harmed. Like there's these simple, very simple, (laughs) simple, easy answers of like, oh, if I want food, I go to the grocery store. Like not thinking the complexity that comes with raising these animals and then slaughtering and butchering and packaging and processing and all this stuff that comes with it Mm -hmm. because we're conditioned to easy answers. We're conditioned to, if I want this to work, I hit this button. It's literally called a convenience store. That's right. And it's all about our convenience. And so when it comes to complex issues, things of human interaction, things of the faith, um, things of social construct, even um, government situations, Mm. we always look for an easy out. And I remember having a conversation with uh, someone years ago, a family member who was questioning their faith. And um, they came to me with this, this, this um, argument, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, I've got all these questions that nobody's been able to answer. Ah. So then I started to answer the question. They said, well, those are too complex. Like, there has to be an easy answer. Like, there's not. There's not an easy mm. answer to the complexity of what it means to be a human and how we relate to our creator. But it is easy to reject the complex answer. Oh, that that is, And that's a personal choice to reject yeah. the answer that's given. And honestly, like... This need, I think there's also a need right now in, and I don't think it's a generational thing. I think it's just people in general, especially in Western culture, mm-hmm. to want concrete proof. And I think oh, yeah. because of the way that we Empirical have we've portrayed, yeah, we've portrayed the media as always wanting to, um, to manipulate us. And so it's like, if I don't see it, touch it, feel it for myself, mm-hmm. it's not really true. If I can't have that concrete proof or that scientific evidence, that mm-hmm. empirically um, derived data. Yeah. For things that don't fall in line with concrete scientific proof, there's, it's like, well, I can, I can reject that yeah. because I don't see it for myself. And so that's a personal problem because we've yeah. taken that, the nuance of complexity. There's, there's so much beauty in nuance. And mm-hmm. we look in nature and you see like all of these things may happen one way thousands of times, but then that one little time it doesn't, there's, a, there's something behind that that we can then study and find beauty in it. But instead we want to walk away from that one instance and say, no, 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 it has to be only what I can prove. Yeah, and then one of the things that I, I loved about uh, C.S. Lewis's writing is he talks about the difference between the natural natural mm-hmm. sciences mm-hmm. and and the, the things of the faith. He, he compared these things a lot. And if you have a natural science worldview, if you have a naturalistic worldview or a naturalist worldview, um, then you're looking for empirical data. You're looking for mm-hmm. only things you can taste, touch, see, and smell. And, and you reject things that, that go beyond that, that go deeper into um, mm. what it means to be a person at, at the core level. Yeah. And so as a person who, who was looking at the things of the faith and they're like, well, wait a second, I always believed X, Y, Z, but the answers to these I'm, I'm not getting. And, and there's like all this complex and well, this happened and this happened and then God works in Trinity and then there's the Holy Spirit. and It's, it's too much. I can't, uh, no, I, I can't deal. Yeah. And so there's this rejection at a personal level mm-hmm. instead of, um, purposing yourself to 
to comprehend, purposing yourself to have mm-hmm. patience and understand the things that, that, that are grinding your gears. Mm-hmm. It, and it honestly, like this happens not just with regards to faith. Yeah. And one of the things that we've seen and experienced in that, um, those who work in social work and those who work, um, especially with children or at risk youth, mm-hmm. we'll see is that, um, the ability to trust in something higher, even if it's a human authority, mm-hmm. even if it's a, an adult who's a caretaker or a caregiver, the inability to trust that person or their actions or their words, however well-meaning or, or benevolent in the situation, can be based on a rejection of things because I can't prove or see or what's been proven to me already mm-hmm. is that adults are untrustworthy. And yeah. Adults will neglect me and will abuse me. And so based on this scientific data mm-hmm. that I have compiled over my however many years of experience, yeah. I'm going to reject this one instance where I'm, I'm being asked to trust the adults over me. And so it's not just with religion and with faith that we have yeah. this questioning and this rejection of things that are complex or require us to trust. It is with relationships and it has to do with so much more than just um, elements of religion. I, I will say that. Yeah. And I think people fall into this, this false understanding that if they're rejecting something, um, it, you see it in relationship all the time. If mm-hmm. I reject you, then that puts me in a position of power. If, uh, and yeah, when yeah. you reject yeah. something, when you put yourself in a position of denying and renouncing something, you're putting yourself in a position of control. You're putting yourself in a, in a kind of an elitist position. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been elevated in our culture, especially when you look at um, atheist agnostic um, mind or worldview, mm-hmm. that that is an elitist view. Like if you get to that point, especially if you know of any people that pride themselves on their atheism. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there, there are plenty of atheists. I've met some that are cool. They, they don't have any issues with people of faith. They have their own. A belief and hey, they do their life the way they do it. But in the, the culture, it's elevated as like, well, you finally arrived. You've, mm-hmm. you've, you've dropped these crutches of faith. You've dropped this, this band-aid that, that you use to help you uh, come up with some terms to understand the world. And now you've arrived. Yeah. And, really, and if you haven't, you're somehow lesser. Exactly. Philosophically, intellectually, some, somehow you are no longer... Um, you're not, you're not good. You're not bright. You're not on that mm-hmm. top tier. And, and this is an issue because when we look at, uh, one, for one, that's pride. Like, let's just be real. One, that's pride. Two, that's arrogance. Um, it's putting yourself in a position where you're trying to seek, um, not authority, validation. but validation. Thank you. Through comparing yourself to other people saying, I'm better than you because you believe I used this. to be like you. Oh my. I literally, no, 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 no. Literally have had a person who used, who was once a Christian, a, an Orthodox Christian mm-hmm. who walked away from it, who deconstructed their faith, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And who, um, in conversation with me made this, you know, I, I used to be like you, <laughs> but now, but now I yes. actually see the truth. And if there's not judgment dripping in every ounce of that statement, I don't know what is. And it's interesting because in that culture, mm-hmm. there's also an elitism about not judging others oh, or yeah. not wanting to be judged. Yeah. And in the same breath same that there breath. is, well, I don't want to judge anybody and you shouldn't judge me. It's, but you're also an idiot for having trust in this <laughs> thing that you can't prove. Yeah, that's so common. And really what, what we're dealing with though, I mean, if you really want to look at it, you're not dealing with elitism in, in a personal sense. Like, you're, you didn't arrive just because you're better than me. Like you came to this place and all of a sudden you're this human, human icon. Mm. Like a lot of times the rejection of faith or the deconstruction of faith is rooted in a lack of like a personal lack of understanding mm-hmm. and a, a personal inability to comprehend complex and comprehensive like truth, mm. like to look at a situation and, and differentiate because you, and we're going to get into some of these arguments in 
other episodes, but I'm looking at things like, well, if the Bible says this in, in Genesis, then how come I can't take that seriously in Exodus? Or, mm. And it's like, do you understand genres of literature? Do you understand? Yeah. Like there's all these answers. It's like there's answers to these questions. There are mm-hmm. ways to actually understand the truth. But people, nah, I'm just going to reject that because well, obviously you're an idiot. Right. And, and also we, we will accept those nuances in other situations. And we, oh, will, yeah. we will even expect those things to be applied, that grace to be applied to us. Mm-hmm. When in one context I can say this, but in another context I would never say that. Oh, yeah. There's nuance to that. But for some reason when it comes to a lack of understanding, when it comes to faith, we, we put our foot down. It's black and white. It's yes or no. Mm-hmm. It's my way or no way. And one of the things when I wow. when I'm looking at this argument, when I'm like we're researching it and we're we're studying different people who have deconstructed their faith and we're looking at their responses and how they're similar and how they're different. Mm-hmm. One of the things that it struck me with, and I, we have t- we have hours and hours, like hundreds of hours of reading and research in the area of neurological atypicality. Mm-hmm. I don't have a degree in it yet, but um, but <laughs> well, one of the, well, come on one now, of the things that is very similar in this argument of deconstructing the faith and neurologically atypical people mm-hmm. is the inability to, to properly understand certain constructs mm. in certain environments and to understand nuance. Yeah. So when you look at a person, for instance, who has autism, and we live with one. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not an adult. He hasn't fully developed. However, one, one of the things we see constantly with our son is it has to be one way or the other. Yeah. You have got, and if you said it's this way on Tuesday, Thursday is going to be the same. Yeah. And if you try to change it, there is a rejection that happens and it's yeah. not always the same. The, the rejection doesn't always look the same. Sometimes it's argument. Sometimes it's walking away. Sometimes it's a sensory problem. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our son just shuts down. People with neurological atypicality, particularly on the autism spectrum, will do this with information they receive. The information may be concretely true and provable, but the way they understand it or, or are unable to understand it in that context establishes for them the way that they will process it, Mm, whether or not they will fully process it. And so you have this inability to process complex ideas, which Mm -hmm. leads people in faith to deconstruct or demolish in this case, their faith. And I'm not saying that if you have deconstructed your faith, you must be on the autism spectrum. What I'm saying is there is a really interesting similarity between the processing issue that happens for people, sensory process, processing disorders, mm-hmm. neurological atypicality, however you want to look at it. And culture tells us that deconstructing the faith leads us to being elite or we're ha- we have some status of philosophical um, prowess. Mm-hmm. When really, I think, even if you look at people who um, back in the day we would have called um, savants, mm-hmm. rain man, right? Yeah. People would have, well, they're like, something's off with them, but at the same time, they're geniuses, Right. Like in one regard, we say, wow, he can memorize facts and he can do all these things. And our son can harmonize like at the drop of a hat with no training Mm -hmm. whatsoever. In one sense, you're a genius. In the other sense, you completely lack the ability to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And and I would say for our son, that's what it is. It's in one and on one hand, so incredible. Like you have got a grasp of things that are so amazing and beyond logical explanation. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you're, you're missing something. You have an inability to connect. And I think with deconstructing the faith, that's what we have to look at and say, realistically, maybe in one hand, yeah, philosophically, you've got some things in your back pocket, but you're missing so much of the bigger picture because you do not have the ability to process this properly. And I think when even looking at um, our son or looking at other people with neurological atypicality um, and comparing it to deconstruction, one of the things that I find um, similar, that I find a through line is that there's this fixation. Mm. On, on a thing. Oh my goodness, yes. Like there's this thing yes. 
There's a pebble in my shoe I can't get rid of. There's this one thought. There's this one just just earworm that just mm-hmm. keeps repeating over and over. And um, if you listen to a lot of the arguments against the faith, if you listen to a lot of people who have deconstructed the faith, you'll hear these similar arguments over and over and over. And there's this um, lack of uh, ability to to navigate the frustration of not finding a simple answer. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it is a personal issue because... Um, a lot of people haven't been given frustration tolerance. Come on. You haven't been taught how to navigate frustration. Um, Instead of letting frustration lead you to, to um, seek clearer answers or to look inward and be like, okay, am I frustrated because I've got some issues because I've got some trauma that's not letting me navigate these two issues together that, that is bringing dissonance Um, and let that frustration fuel you to have, have more, appreciation for something greater than yourself mm. a lot of times we feel that frustration and then and then we throw up our hands really like, yeah. oh, forget that yeah. and and i see it so much because i'm not gonna lie part of this is from the church and we're gonna get into this with the church problem later on um the church has conditioned us from a young age to have easy answers come on um school has conditioned us like how mm-hmm. many people heard sung about the nina the pinta and the santa maria as kids and then when you get into college you're like wait christopher columbus did what yeah. What? Columbus Day isn't what? really Columbus Day. What, what are we? Why what are we, we been celebrating this? Exactly. And, and so when we look at scripture and we've been given all these easy answers as kids, and then when we are ushered into maturity of faith, and we're like, oh, it's not that simple. Mm. Like there's com- there's complexity mm-hmm. here. We're like, oh no. And and faith seems to be the first thing people throw out the window personally. Yeah. To be like, and I think that's a cultural thing. Um, I heard a lot of great lectures, a lot of great sermons about this, mm. about how in mm-hmm. our culture we seek identity from self, from community. Um, and then from God last. So if you're having issues with something, you're going to cut off the peripheral yeah. first. You're going to cut off your faith, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Because you've been conditioned to get rid of the easiest thing that, that's easy to throw off. Yeah, the thing yeah. that doesn't carry as much weight personally. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't carry as much weight with my identity. So I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can shuck that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that frustration tolerance, though, is a real thing. Yeah. I it's think inter- we need that. Yeah. It's interesting you use that like to throw off or cut off something. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when the body is dealing with um, like a really bad sickness. Mm-hmm. Like you've got, um, like when it gets up and gets down with the sickness. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when a, when a body is dealing with like the physical human body is dealing with that, uh-huh. um, certain organs will start to shut down. Yes. They shut down in order of importance. That's right. So your brain and your heart are going to be the last things that are being preserved. And so you will lose circulation to your legs and your, your feet and your legs and all these things on the, on the external mm-hmm. in order to keep this alive. It's a survival instinct. That's right. And we do that with our faith. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut off these things. But the crazy thing is, if you think about it, you're cutting off the very thing that you will need to run the race. Come on. Now. And so like you're, yeah, oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, I don't, I don't that's need this. Right I, you know, this little thing and all the catechism I learned and, and you know, the, the sacraments aren't that big of a deal. And well, the Holy Spirit, you know, it's just kind of a thing. And then you start getting rid of the very aspects of your faith that will mm-hmm. fuel you to be able to appreciate the divine mystery right. of God who is good. Which the opposite is what uh, Paul talks about in scripture. Like if, mm-hmm. if one part of your body is damaged, your whole body reacts. So like if you stub your toe and you're jumping around and you're shaking your hand because you're like, oh, this hurts so bad. There's nothing wrong with your teeth or your hand, but your teeth Come and your on. hand react because there's pain in your toe. That's and true. so when we start to deal with frustration in the peripheral, instead of uh, choosing to cut that off, mm-hmm. we should seek to, to gather our resources mm-hmm. to be like, okay, how do I properly understand this frustration? Yeah. And I think your point about the church is really important too. And we will get into that in the church problem, but how many times have you been told or you've heard people give this as a reason for walking away from the church, not necessarily their faith? Say, well, I was always taught not to question things. Mm-hmm. So not only yeah. do we require a simple answer and we give simple answers just to appease people in Sunday school, um, the Sunday school model. Yeah. 
but we also teach people not to question things that really we should be encouraging questions in That's a healthy right. way. We, we need to have a, a place that is safe for us to ask questions that are difficult. And we need to be able to accept that I don't know all the answers mm-hmm. and your Sunday school teacher will never know all the answers and your pastor and your youth group leader and your parents and everyone around you who has been placed over you to teach you and model you and mold you does not have all the answers you need. That is one of the reasons why we are called to lean on the faith that is thousands of generations old, the faith that has been there from the very beginning, the wisdom which has been there from the very beginning. We're yeah. called to rely on that, which has no physical thing that we can touch and grasp well, for ourselves. Except for the, the physical thing of the church body itself. Yes. Where, where I lack, you fill in. And where you mm. lack, someone else fills in. And so that's the that's purpose, good. part of the purpose of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think the, the frustration is necessary, uh, but the way you personally deal with it, the way you personally deal with, uh, complex issues. Um, uh, we, we see it in relationships a lot. People have complex issues with their, their significant other. But people instead, are messy. But instead of working them out, I, I just don't deal with people. How many times have you heard that, especially in church? Oh, I don't deal with people. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't get involved because people are messy. And so instead of diving into the frustration and experiencing the richness and the fullness that is there, along with the frustration, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to just cut off the, the frustration and that, yeah. that seeps into other areas of our faith and can lead to deconstruction. Yeah. And honestly, we need frustration. Yeah. There, there's a frustration that happens. I mean, when God looked at all he had made and, and Adam standing there, he noticed there was, it is not good that man should be alone. There's, there's a frustration there that there's something, there's, there's a tension that makes yeah. the, the end result more beautiful. And honestly, we, we have to wait for the plot to develop before we see the end of the story. That's we right. have to wait for the next episode of our podcast that we're like, Come on. what's the next episode, right? <laughs> we have to labor through some hard things. I will say me personally, one of the best parts of my labor was moving through that transition phase, which was the most frustrating mm-hmm. of wondering, am I ever going to get to the end of this? Am I ever actually going to not be pregnant? And I think with our faith, we need to be able to experience that and say, am I ever not going to have a struggle with this thing and to question it and to let that question be frustrating for us for a moment so that when we come on the other side of it, we are able to experience that beauty and that victory more deeply. That's right. Well, um, if you've appreciated anything that we've said so far, go ahead and like, and subscribe, share this with somebody. We're going to continue this uh, series. We've got at least three more episodes. Who knows? God may take it further. (laughs) Uh, We got at least three more episodes ready uh, where we discuss deconstructing faith. So if you know of anyone that needs to hear this, please share it with them. Please help us get the word out. Yes. All right. Well, this has been the Nick Smith podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be Be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith podcast. We are so glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.